Hey, you found us. This is a podcast of Carbon Valley Lutheran Church in Firestone, Colorado, just north of Denver. We here at CVL firmly believe that community is built, not found, that it's local, not virtual. So we encourage everyone to find a local church and help them build their community and be a service to them. With that said, we pray that these podcasts supplement and not replace your spiritual journey. If you'd like to learn more about us at CVL, you can check us out on Facebook or on the web at carbonchurch.com, or even better, stop by in person. We worship at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. May the Lord bless your day. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you for being here today. Uh, As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, this is the final sermon in our sermon series on the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And so today, I think we're kind of ending at a really wonderful spot, or at least John's ending us at a really wonderful spot, where, where he gives a kind of final admonition in these books of John towards hospitality. Now, how hospitable are you as people? You're like, hmm, depends on the day, right? Uh, do you see the f- picture on the front of your bulletin? Do any of you have that mat at your house? Yeah, some of you want it. You're like, where can I buy one of those? I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah, um, everyone's welcome as long as you go home by nine, right? Yeah, as long as you go home by nine. Um, and, and I mean, I think some of us, maybe that is our take on hospitality a little bit. Uh, by about eight o'clock, you'll see me starting to get really, really tired, right? So that concept of hospitality in our lives, and I think in your lives, I think we got to fill that out just a little bit as we talk about it. Hospitality, I think, or when someone has been truly hospitable to you, I think you know it when you feel it. Does that make some sense? Let me give you an example of that. Um, because I think, I think hospitality is, it's, it's actually less about the outward arrangements and more about how someone makes you feel. So a story that I heard recently, this is from one of my buddies uh, that I went to college and seminary with. Uh, he went traveling through Europe when he was in college by himself. And uh, he just basically was going to go from town to town, staying in youth hostels. So you know what youth hostels are, right? Um, and almost every town in Europe has a youth hostel that you can check into. And they're super simple. It's basically just a bed, uh, a bathroom, that's about it. Uh, but it, it's at least a place to, to lay your head. Um, I traveled throughout Europe in college as well, and every single city that I went to had a youth hostel that you could, you could stay in. But this buddy of mine, who will remain nameless, although he's a very good friend of mine, and he's a pastor in Colorado on the front range. Okay, I won't give any more details about who he is. I don't want to use his name because I don't want to give it away. But he went to Europe, and, and he was traveling there just by himself, He flew into London, and he stayed a couple nights in a youth hostel in London. It was easy, right? Lots and lots of youth hostels to stay there. Uh, But he got a great idea. He wanted to see the White Cliffs of Dover. So uh, Dover's on the the shore, um, just on the shore of the English Channel, right, between France and England. And so he traveled by train to Dover that night, and he went really, really late because he had used his whole day for, for sightseeing and things like that. And he gets into Dover, and I don't know if have any of you ever been to Dover? Okay, a couple maybe have. I haven't actually been there, but he said when he got there, 
He said, Dover is not a big city. And this was 20 years ago. So he's just like, it is not a big city. So he got there and he got off the train and he asked somebody who was there. He said, uh, um, where's the local youth hostel? Because I, I need to find a bed for the night. They looked at him. They're like, we don't have any youth hostels, right? So we're not a big enough city. Like we don't have anything like that. And so he's starting to scramble a little bit in his head because he had like zero backup plan after youth hostel. So he's thinking, okay, what am I going to do? And he thought, well, I could get a hotel, but hotels in Dover were remarkably expensive. It was already pretty late. I think it was pushing, pushing like 11 o'clock already that night. And so, so this is all going through his head. He says, thinking, where am I going to stay? What am I going to do? And then, because he's a quick thinking young man, he sized up some of the crowd that was there near the train station. And he decided he was going to act innocent and naive and like an American that was a fish out of water. And he picked out a couple, a man and a woman that looked as much like his mom and dad as he, as he could find. Because in his mind, he thought, okay, this wonderful little old couple, surely they can't be dangerous, right? So he kind of eyed them up and he said, well, if they look like my parents, surely they're not going to take advantage of me. And so he walked up to them and, and he said, he wasn't so bold to, to put everything, all of his cards on the table, but he just kind of just like dipped his foot in the water a little bit, right? He said, excuse me, do you know of any places where I could, I could find a place to sleep? Like, do you have any recommendations for a hotel? And he said, while he was doing it, he was trying to look as pitiful as he possibly could, right? So he said to this couple, is there anywhere that you could recommend where I could stay? And they said, well... There's some hotels around, but they're remarkably expensive, and they're a little ways away. You're going to have to take a cab to get there. And so there's a little bit of back and forth. And all I can imagine is him just like, you know, just like putting on a full court press, like, oh, shucks, you know, just like, oh, poor, poor college student, this and that. And so sure enough, this wonderful young couple from Dover, what did they do? They said, you know what? Why don't you stay at our house? So now keep in mind uh, this is uh, a lone young man late at night in Dover. And they go to him and they say, why don't you just stay at our house? We'll open up our house. You can sleep in the extra room. Um, we'll feed you food. Why don't you just come to our place? It's kind of remarkable, isn't it? Now, this was a college student, an American, and he is about six foot three and weighs about 240 pounds, Right? So now would you do it <laughs> if somebody like that walked in is walking around Firestone would you say boy you want to just come stay at up stay at my stay at our house tonight would you do it okay you know no one has to shake their heads you don't have to put up hands or anything. I am guessing that most of us would be a little hesitant right I'm guessing that most of us would say you know what I love people <laughs> Um, and maybe in that case, I even love Americans, but my hospitality has some boundaries. He ended up going to this couple's house and he had traveled and traveled throughout Europe for about a month. But the singular story that stuck with him from that entire trip, you not want to know what it was? This elderly couple who opened their home so that he could find a place to sleep. They fed him some dinner at night. They woke up in the morning, had a wonderful conversation with some coffee, gave him breakfast, and he was on his way. See, it wasn't about the setting. It wasn't about putting out all the right things. It wasn't about uh, the entertainment value of what they were doing. It was all about 
how they made him feel. In that instance, for a lone American in Europe, they made him feel as though he had a home. That's hospitality, isn't it? That's what we want to talk about here today. That's really what John is coming to us, urging us as believers to put into practice in our life, life is that concept of hospitality. And so let's jump into our text today. I want to look at uh, um, a few different things. The text lays out kind of nicely as we walk through it. Uh, first, there's just kind of an introduction and a greeting, which you've become a, a adept at now. You know, John does that with each one of his lessons. So we'll start out with a greeting, but then he really urges that concept of hospitality. So we're going to pull that apart and look at how hospitality um, is a little bit different than being a good entertainer. So we're going to look at both those things. Uh, and then John gives a negative example of hospitality. So he says, um, here's what I wa want you to do, but here's a poor example of hospitality. And then finally, we're just going to kind of wrap that up in, in asking ourselves, how can we, in a practical sense, put that into, into practice in our daily lives as, as believers? So, so let's jump into our text. Uh, you're welcome to follow along with me in your bulletin if you'd like. I'm going to begin just with the opening kind of welcome here, uh, verses 1 through 4. So John says this, The elder, to my friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health, and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. Is that how you start out your emails? Maybe you should, right? <laughs> what a wonderful introduction, right? So he's, he's talking to his friend Gaius, and he's saying, um, um, I'm praying that you have good health, praying that all of this is going well with you, right? So verse 3, it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So now, um, understand maybe the context a little bit of what's happening here with John. And, and we've walked through some of his other letters, but here we really kind of see John's focus of what he's trying to do. Um, he talks to um, Gaius and this congregation as, and calls them his children. And that the reports on them have brought him great joy. Why? Because they're walking in the truth. And I think we can understand that, can't we? So John, John found great joy because he had heard reports that these Christians that he was writing to were walking in the truth. And he'll go on to say, not just walking in the truth, but putting the truth into practice in the form of hospitality. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But, but I think we can understand that. If you've got kids, if you've got grandkids, let me speak as, as a father. There's no greater compliment to me as a dad than when somebody else comes up to me and says, you know what? Um, your daughter was so kind to my, my child at church, right? Or, or um, you, your son is, is so hardworking. Um, I, I'm really impressed by that, right? You just, you kind of just beam, right? Because <laughs> number one, like people don't generally say that. Like I, we, I think we are much more complimentary of each other in our heads than it with our mouths. So, and that's maybe a little bit of an aside. That's maybe something we can work on. If you're complimentary of somebody in your head, you say something, tell them, because they don't know, they can't read your mind, right? But for us as parents or as grandparents, like uh, for someone to compliment your child or your grandchild, you just beam from ear to ear. Because you didn't ask for the compliment, you didn't expect the compliment. It wasn't in a setting where, 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 where people were maybe supposed to give you a compliment comes completely out of the blue. In a sense, I think that's what John is talking about here, that Christians 
And people have been talking about how those believers who had been rooted in the truth of Christ had been welcoming and rooted and walking in that truth. And so you can almost hear it in John's letter that he's beaming from ear to ear because they're actually doing what God has asked them to do. Okay. Then it goes on and he talks specifically about some of the details of what had happened. So, and that concept of hospitality. So I'm going to read for you verses five through eight. John says this, dear friend. So he's talking to Gaius or Gaius, uh, dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters even though they are strangers to you. So now understand what's going on here. Um, um, Gaius had been welcoming people that were coming in. And this is going back a little bit contextually to some of our other lessons that we've gone through up to this point. Uh, there were traveling preachers that would go throughout the Mediterranean. So understand the, the birth of Christianity was from one Christian to the next, from town to town. And so um, you would come to have known Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but as you dispersed and went back to your hometowns, you walked with the truth. You brought Jesus with you. And lo and behold, what was happening all over the known world? Churches were being planted. Churches were being started, right? So there, there was less of a corporate, this wasn't necessarily a, a top-down planting of churches. This was individual believers just like you who took it upon themselves to share the truth of Christ and to be hospitable to their family members, their neighbors, and their communities. And so what was happening? Churches were popping up all over the place. And so they needed some guidance in God's word. And so um, there would be traveling preachers, so to speak, traveling evangelists that would go around from church to church and, and they would need a place to sleep. Well, in this instance, apparently, Gaius was taking them in. He didn't know them. He didn't have a, a preset relationship with them. He wasn't related to them. These were strangers that were coming to him and to their congregation. And Gaius was simply opening his home to them. So that news had spread wide. John had found out about it. Uh, they have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name, so we're talking, the, the name, uh, the way, is Christ, right? It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans, from unbelievers. We ought therefore to show hospitality to such people, so that we may work together for the truth. And there's that concept of hospitality. John wraps it intimately in uh, the reality of the truth of Christ. In fact, you almost say that these things walk hand in hand. That as we share Christ, as we share the reality of who Christ is, we also are willing to open up our hearts and even at times our homes to those who don't know who Christ is. And John bases that on Jesus himself. In fact, if we want the, the motivation for us as believers to be people that are hospitable, we need look no further than Jesus Christ who was infinitely and perfectly hospitable on our behalf. Because you realize that's what happened, isn't it? We were strangers. We were sinners. We were on the outside looking in. We were undeserving of, of righteousness and forgiveness. And yet, while we were still all those things, what did Christ do? He died for us. He died for you. 
That's the platform that John is talking about. So when we talk about this concept of Christian hospitality, it's, it's, it involves opening your heart and your home and, and simply welcoming people. That's a part of it. But it's so much deeper than that for us as believers. It's at the very core of what makes us who we are. It's at the very core of who Jesus Christ is. That he opened up his heart, stretched out his arms in order to, to make sure that we knew that we would have an eternal home. Our sins are forgiven. We were on the outside, but we've been brought in. Sins have been forgiven. That's the basis that John starts with. That's really what motivates and, and urges us towards hospitality. But John really kind of puts it to us, doesn't he? He says, this is something that ought to flow from being rooted in the truth. And actually, John's not the only one that talks about this. In fact, um, you'll kind of find it in different areas. You'll, hospitality comes out in word, but also in action throughout the pages of Scripture. So you think about the Old Testament and lots and lots of examples of hospitality by these Old Testament believers. New Testament, we're specifically told, be hospitable. It says in Titus 1.8, it says, Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled upright, a holy and disciplined, talking about um, workers within the church specifically. First Peter says, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I always find that one kind of funny because why did he have to add without grumbling? Because I think some people were grumbling. Okay, right? So that's, yeah, right? So offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Romans 12, 13, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Hebrews 13.2, this one's amazing. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing, so, doing some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. And so this isn't a one-off just from John, right? Throughout the pages of Scripture, we see acts of hospitality. Times when Christians have opened up their hearts and, in fact, their homes, and we would say their churches to those who do not know Christ that are on the outside looking in. In fact, we could say that this is part and parcel to what we are as believers. So John urges us to do that. But how easy is that always to do? So-so, right? Um, I, I think if you're anything like me, at least, when I start talking about that concept of hospitality, or even when you hear about the example uh, uh, in, in, of Gaius in here of opening his home, I instantly almost think like, could I do that? Would I do that? Have I done that, right? To what length would I go to be hospitable? And, and, and I think those are natural things. We start thinking through our minds and we say, okay, well, but I'll be hospitable, but, but there are certain things that I need, to, I need to be safe, right? And opening my home is something that's a, a pretty deep level of, of, of opening myself up to somebody. And so we start thinking through the protocols in our minds, that lead to us being hospitable. I don't think that's strange. I think that's common. I think every single one of us sitting here kind of walks through those things, right? But here's the thing that John actually chastises someone in our letter about. It's when we let those and that hospitality get pushed so far aside that we cease opening up our homes, opening up our arms, and on some level, even opening up our hearts. And so John gives us a positive example of hospitality 
But then in this letter, he gives us a negative example of that, the opposite of hospitality in our next verses. So uh, verses 9 through 11, he says this, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephus, who, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. Does it sound like Diotrephus is kind of competitive? Yeah, so I wrote to the church, but Diotrephus, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he's doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. So what was Diotrephus doing? He was gossiping. He was causing dissension within the church. Okay, so that was happening. It says he was not satisfied with that. He even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. And then this is where John kind of goes straight at it. He says, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. So how would you like to be Diotrephus in that letter? Yeah, you'd be like, holy cow, John just named names, right? John just put someone's name down in this letter. But I think, I think it, it maybe raises the level of, of um, importance that John is putting before us. Why would John specifically point someone out within the bounds of the church for what they were doing? Well, he'd only do that if it was serious. And it absolutely is. In fact, in this context, John is talking about Diotrephus and the actions he's taking and the attitude he has, and it stands diametrically opposed to the hospitality and walking in the truth that John is urging that congregation and us as Christians to be in. Diotrephus is doing the exact opposite. He's spreading lies. He's engaging in gossip. He's being divisive within the church. He is refusing to host people that were coming in, right? Fellow believers. This isn't even strangers that are coming in off the street. He's refusing to host those that were coming in and even going so far to forcing his opinion on others that were coming in. And so John just calls it out. He says, this is what it is, right? If you're not working for the good of the church, if you're not working for the good of the truth, if you're not working for sharing Christ, then the question John would ask is, then who are you working for? Right? John urges us as believers to live lives that walk in the truth and that produce hospitality. Diotrephus was a little bit of a negative example, but the good news is we have the solution. In fact, Diotrephus did as well. It was none other than Jesus Christ. That's where we return to because there are moments in my life when I have been less than hospitable. There are moments in my life when I have engaged in all the things. When I could, there are moments when you could pull out Diotrephus's name from that text and put in mine. And there are times when you could put in yours. But the reality is that we return to Christ. And what do we find there? Oh yeah, truth, a home, hospitality, and forgiveness. Over and over and over again. And so as we return to Christ, we find our motivation and we find our power for being believers that not only walk in the truth, but offer hospitality to one another. So what does that look like in our daily living? I think there's some questions we can ask of ourselves. Maybe these will, these will kind of be internal questions that you can ask 
in your own mind. And I think it's good to kind of think through this. Now, understand, John was talking uh, to a couple of believers that were in the church. But I think these questions we can ask of ourselves three different ways. I think we can ask of our, of our churches. We can talk about in a corporate way. I think we can also ask this of ourselves just with our families and maybe our neighbors and, and our community members. Um, and then just ask it of ourselves personally, right? So some questions that I think can help us uh, um, verbalize and even highlight, are we hospitable, right? And are we walking in the truth with Christ? So few questions. Is hospitality something that happens over there or right here, right? So is hospitality, is opening up your heart, opening up at times maybe your home, opening up your arms to people that don't look like you, talk like you, act like you, does that happen over there or does that happen right here? They're good questions to ask, aren't they? Is that the job of the church? And, you know, there's one guy that gets paid to be friendly. We call him a pastor. But me, not so much, right? That's his job. So I think these are questions we ask ourselves. Is hospitality happening in me, in my relationships, in my home, in my heart, in my neighborhood, and in turn, in my church, right? So is it over there or is it in me? Second question. Are we hesitant to be hospitable or are we compelled to be so? And I know that's a fine line between those two, right? Are, are, are we hesitant to open our hearts, our arms, and our lives to people or are we compelled to do so? It's a great question, isn't it? And I think there will always be some hesitancy, but I pray that we are compelled to be just that. And what compels us? The lost that are in our lives that do not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. We are compelled by the love of Christ, the love that you know you have, the forgiveness that you hold dearly in your heart, the reality that you have an eternal home in heaven, not by your own works, but by, but by Jesus Christ's perfect life and death. That hopefully over, overcomes our hesitancy and rather compels us to reach out, to look, to ask the questions, to listen, and hopefully open up our hearts and our, and our homes to those that need it. So that's the second one. Third one, hospitality happens or hospitality is intentional. And that's a little bit subtle too, right? Okay, so some of you have different personalities, right? Some of you are maybe a little more carefree. You like things to happen, right? We just want this to happen, like this magic mix of stuff happening. Hospitality is just going to happen, right? That's wonderful, and I love that of your personality. But I would argue there needs to be some intentionality to it. What's that intentionality look like? It's pretty simple. Just ask questions. Open up your ears and listen, right? Everyone suffers Everyone struggles. Everyone is in need. And when we ask questions, when we open up our ears and we simply listen, you will hear the intimate details of how people are struggling. And what you will come to find is that they are not a lot different than you are. And what you'll come to find is that you have a Savior that you can share with them, that walks with them, okay? 
So hospitality happens versus it's intentional. And the last one, this one's subtle as well. Everyone is welcome versus everyone is welcomed. Okay? So everyone is welcome versus everyone is welcomed. I know that's subtle. And I would say that almost every single person that's sitting here at CVL would say, everyone is welcome to CVL. I would hope that we can all say that. But I think as believers motivated by Christ, we have to ask the next question. Is everyone welcomed? Right? Do we make people feel welcome? That they can find a home here at this church? And this is the reality. Some of you are really new to CVL here. We have first-time guests with us here today, right? We have some that have been with us since the very beginning. But that's a question we have to ask of ourselves collectively, right? We want to be a place where everyone is welcomed, where they are actively sought out and listened to and loved, and that you can find a home with us. Not just a passive sitting back, let them come if they want to come, but where we actively, motivated by Christ, reach out to those that are on the outside looking in. You want to know a little help to help you do that? Think in your mind to the last time you felt like a stranger or an outsider at an event. If this is your very first time at CVL, maybe you're sitting there going, uh, right now? Hopefully he doesn't call out any names, right? So if you're newer to CVL, maybe... But think back in your mind, because every single one of us has gone to an event. You've gone to a party. You've gone to a home. um, You've gone to a, a new job. You've gone to a new church. You've gone to these places where you walk in and you just wish you could shrink and go straight back out the door that you came in, right? We've all felt what it feels like to be on the outside looking in. Let that be our motivation for when we see others come to us, to take a step, and let's make it three steps towards them to welcome those who come, to make them feel welcome and that they have a home. John kind of leaves us with that. This sermon series is kind of, like I mentioned earlier, I think ends on a really wonderful note with that concept of hospitality. The old man John, um, the elder John, wanted to make sure that Christianity and the truth of Christ was going to be conveyed and taught to the next generations. One of the most powerful ways that we're able to do that is through our simple acts of hospitality as believers. Opening up our arms, opening up our hearts, at times opening up our houses, and opening up our churches to make sure that those who are on the outside looking in know that they have a Savior and that they have a home. Amen. Thank you.